0: Well, you know, I was thinking uh, what it is to love somebody. To love something, but primarily to love somebody. And when you think of that, you think how you just want to embrace them, you want to take care of them, you want to provide them, provide for them. And I think of our Lord and how he loved us and how he loves us. You know, it's so easy to fall into a a mindset, if you will, of God, yeah, you know, you think, yeah, he loves us, but uh, almost like, not quite like a, and and Brother David, I'm not jumping on you, but not quite like a principal loves the students, okay? Yeah, he wants to take care of them, but the love of God towards us is really beyond our comprehension. And uh, the fact that, you know, that hymn just there is how he died for us. He, God himself came in the form of flesh and lived 30 some odd years and then went to the cross for the likes of us. And uh, because he loves us, and he still does, and uh, and as we walk this pathway of life, uh, we need to be mindful of the fact that Satan will do everything he possibly can to uh, cloud our thoughts as far as the love of God towards us. And I want us to look here, beginning in Romans chapter 4, uh, and we're going to go to Romans, to Galatians, and then Colossians, if we have time here tonight. And, uh, but in Romans 4, t- verse 1, it says, What shall we say then that Abraham, our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? What did, what did he find out? And... Uh, it's, look, you know, um, when Brother Stone mentioned the scripture this morning there in Romans 10, and it's, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. They, they, they won't be acquainted with the Lord, they won't become slightly a, a knowledgeable of Him, they will be saved. Saved. Call upon his name. You know, uh, if I was in a pool of water or something and I hollered out to Brother Rick, Help! Well, I'm sure he would come to, to save me. Well, see, that's calling, me calling him. That's what it gets done to. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved not call upon a deacon, not call upon the president, not call upon this or that, but call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. And, he says, and so Abraham, what did he find out? You know, it's easy to, to fall into this deal. You, you, yeah, I know, you know, uh, uh, Jesus died, and, 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 and I understand that. And look, there are not any caveats. God himself, as Christ died that we might have life. Our flesh doesn't have anything to do with it. That's right. The fact of the matter is, what our flesh has to do with it is it gets in the way. It, it puts doubts. It puts second thoughts. It puts um, I'll put it off type ideas. And the thing is, you say, well, why in the world... Do you want to come back over here and replow this plowed ground? Because well, I, I tell you what, because of, of a scripture right there in Revelations about God coming to the church to live to say that you've left your first love, and you know what? I don't want to be numbered amongst that group. We're not going to leave our first love, Jesus Christ. Abraham, what did he find out? For if Abraham were justified by works, he where of the glory, but not before God. Now, the thing is, is works does not save us. And you say, yeah, 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 I, I believe that and everything. But, uh, you know, there, there's no, look, the, the fact of the matter is, the flesh is going to constantly get in the way and stay in the way. You know, I I want you to go to Galatians, and we're going to Galatians a little sooner than what I thought we would, but I want you to go to Galatians chapter 5 for just a second. I want you to look at something. Now, we're talking about what Abraham found out. Well, let's get to Galatians chapter 5 and see what we're going to find out here. Um, I get really perturbed for these that want to claim that somehow or another they were saved, and all of a sudden they become a better person in their flesh. Well, let's see what God's Word has to say about that. Galatians chapter 5, verse 17. For the flesh, now, my friend, he's talking about, he's talking to Christians here. If you look at the, the first scripture, the first verse of this chapter. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. He's talking to Christians. So let's go ahead and get that out there. Now verse 17. For the flesh of Christians, you can just go ahead and add that in there, lusteth against the spirit. Well, lost people don't have the spirit. Only Christians. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. And then he goes on to list, of course, the works of the flesh and the works of the spirit. And, of course, as Christians, we're called to live in the spirit to count the flesh as dead. To mortify our flesh on a daily basis. Even moment by moment basis. So, the flesh lusts us against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh, so much so that you cannot do the things that you would. That's what God's word says. So, you know, the thing is, is, uh, uh, you know, there, there's always this group running around talking about the inconvenient truth. Well, uh, I don't know what truth can ever be referred to as inconvenient. It's not. It's always very convenient. The fact of the matter is, Lot was a child of God. He was. And if you'd looked at old Lot, you would have thought, really? Well, why, why is that? Why, why, why did that happen? Well, because his flesh lusts against his spirit. And because he did not stay in prayer. Because he did not stay affixed on that which saved him. And so he wound up over there living in amongst the Sodomites. And so going back to Romans 4, verse 3. For what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. He believed God and it was counted for him to righteousness. Now, what he believed was his righteousness. That's what the scripture says. It doesn't say that... um, what Abraham did after he was saved and it was counted for his righteousness, it's what he believed that was his righteousness. You see, you know why this is important? I'll tell you. Um, You see, Satan does not want you or I or any of us to really know what the problem is. He wants us to get deluded into thinking that since we're saved now, we can kind of let our guard down as far as our flesh is concerned because we all now know better and we're going to do better. Well, see, that's just a lie. It's important that we understand that we have an enemy and we see it every time we look in the mirror. It's our flesh. Look, The scripture in every Christian, I think, knows this. Uh, If they don't, uh, they're going to know it here in just a second. That in order for us to be taken to heaven, we're going to have to be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Well, why is that? Because we're corrupt. We're vile. We're broken in this old flesh. This flesh doesn't get better just like it says right there in Galatians, it lusts against the Spirit. It does. And and it says, now to him, there in Romans 4, in verse 4, that to him that worketh is a reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. So if you're going to think you're going to be saved, or you're going to work to stay saved, well, my friend, you're counting on the wrong thing. It's either grace Or nothing. You don't mix them. You do not mix them. The whole uh, book of Galatians was about that very subject. Because what was going on there at Galatia, Satan had realized that he was losing the battle. And so he changed his little game plan. He started saying, yeah, yeah, Jesus, yeah, yeah, absolutely Jesus. But Jesus plus Because he knows that God does not accept Jesus plus anything. We either accept Christ in totality and 100% or we're not saved. And that's what Galatians is all about. And so he says in verse 5 in in Romans 4, But to him that worketh not, Now, that's not hard to understand, is it? Worketh not. Now, what, what is it that when a person doesn't do anything? Is he all broke out with sweat? I mean, is he real busy? Is he digging through books? Is he learning? Is he, is he preaching? Is he singing? He's not doing anything. He's not doing anything. But to him that doesn't do anything, that's the same thing as worketh not, right? But believeth on him. Do you see that word believe again? In other words, can I look at somebody and just look at them and see what they believe? No, you can't either. We can't. Now, God can. You see, it's altogether very important what you believe. You know, as far as God is concerned, as far as salvation is concerned, it's not what you're doing. It's not what you've done. Not what you're going to do. It's what you believe. You know, it's easy to fall into this trap And, and running around convincing people that, look, you know, you've got to be doing this, you got to be doing that, you got to be doing this and this and this and this, otherwise you ain't saved. Well, that just absolutely is not true. But to him that worketh not. You know, don't you work? I, you know, I love God's Word. Boy, it's, it's, it doesn't beat around the bush. It absolutely just goes right straight to the point. But believeth on him that justifies. Now, now here it is. <laughs> God's word is wonderful. The ungodly. Not justify the one that, that, you know, quit drinking, quit doing drugs, Quit stealing, quit cursing, quit all this stuff, and started coming to church, cleaned up his act, and on and on and on, and then finally, you know, decided to accept Christ as a Savior. Well, that's great if he does, if he comes to believe that Christ, but all that other stuff, as far as his salvation is concerned, is absolutely 100% not necessary. You see, God saves ungodly people. Today, he always has, always will. Ungodly people. Now, that person's faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So I think we can establish, you can't see faith Faith is something that a person hopes for and something that's not seen. His faith is counted for righteousness. All right, we've established the person doesn't work. Yes, Scripture does. He only has to believe. He's ungodly. All he needs to do is have faith that when Christ died on the cross, he was, and if he accepts that Christ paid his sins at his death on the cross, and he accepts that, then he's saved. Now, one thing is tangible about that. You can't see it. You can't pick it up. You can't examine it. You can't read it. You can't hear it. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works. You see, God goes beyond just faith and belief. And working not, he says, "I'm I, I'm going to make them righteous. I'm going to impute righteousness to them, even as David describeth the blessedness of the man unto whom God imputed righteousness without works." Go to Ephesians for it, with. Me. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. You, You see... When you really get in the Bible and you really start delving deep into salvation and, 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 and really stand it up here and look at it, it's all about the Lord, not about us. You see, now, now not only have we, have we looked over there, it worketh not, that all we have to do is believe, and he saves ungodly people. And it's all just, it's, it's about faith. Now you get over here and we see his kindness. It's is in play. His kindness. His exceeding kindness. That he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness. Boy, I'm so glad that You know, Brother Rick and I were talking before the service started about what it's going to be right there at the end of time and and, and standing before the Lord. You know, aren't you glad that His kindness is just going to be all over us. Now, I'm talking about those that are saved and His love. You you know, when you get around somebody that you know loves you and they're real kind and and forgiven and, and, and just it's, it's just a wonderful experience do you not realize that's what it's going to be like for, for, for Christians and you know if you're here tonight and, and you're not saved all you have to do is say yes do you not know that you don't have to measure up to anything I don't care what you did in the last two seconds. You simply have to accept the kindness of a Savior that loves you. Please know that. Please come to that conclusion. Please don't ever think that somehow or another somebody's going to run you off because You have a habit of doing this or doing that or whatever. Listen, when you become saved and God the Holy Spirit sets up shop in your house, in your body, he'll help you get beyond that stuff. And even if you don't get completely behind it, one of these days, God's going to give you a brand new body. Because you know what? There's not a one of us at the end of time are going to show up with a clean slate. As far as all flesh is concerned. But I tell you what, Jesus Christ cleaned our slate for us. And see, it's, it's about his kindness. He shows the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness. For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourself, there it is, it's the gift. Of God. Least any man should boast. Not of works. So you know. Let let me ask you a question. If if I stacked up. A million dollars. Right here on the floor. How long would it take you. To get down here to get it. If I said whoever got here first. I mean you'd break your neck. Get down here. Well do you not realize. That Salvation. Is far and away better than something like that. That's nothing but filthy lucre. That's That's all it is. It's just filthy lucre. I mean, uh, reports have always been out there about these people that win the lottery and how it just destroys their life and all that kind of stuff. And, and I know you think, yeah, if I had all that money, it wouldn't destroy mine. Well, I'll tell you what, they had the same opinion. That's why they got in the lottery. But the thing is, is all you, I mean, salvation is far and away better than that. Why in the world would you not want to? It? It's a free gift. He's not going to require you to do anything before or after. There's not a requirement. You know, if I ran down here and joined the army, I guarantee you I wouldn't be able to go back home to mama. I might want to, but they're going to they're require me to do something, a whole bunch of stuff. And this old body would, would, would just pass out in a, in a heartbeat because they got all these requirements. You see, but that's not the case with our Lord. It is, he has a free gift of eternal life, of Christianity. But he doesn't require you to do anything. That's why he says here in Romans 4, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Now, I want to show you something. Turn back to Romans 3. We'll start with verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is made known or manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all of them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody, being justified freely by his grace through righteousness, that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. Now look at this. That are past through the forbearance of God. You ever looked at that? He said for remission of sins that are past. Really? You look at that and you go, what about the sins I did on the, way to, on the way to church? Got cut in front of me and I got angry about it. Do you not realize that a Christian doesn't have any sins? They've all been paid for. Amen. So they don't exist. That's why he said for the remission, for the remission of sins that are past. You see, before you were saved, you got sins out the wazoo. But after you're saved, you don't have any sins. Well, you say, well, where do you get that, brother? No, I get that right here. You think that he, for the, you think he just remitted your sins that you used to have? But for the sins you're going to commit, oh, he didn't cover those. No, we don't have a Savior like that. That's like what the Indians used to call, you speak with a forked tongue. Well, our Savior doesn't speak with a forked tongue. He took care of all our sins, passed, and you know what? That's just like somebody, it'd be just exactly like somebody went down here at Spring Creek and said, oh, Brother David down there, he does such a fantastic job leading the singing. Every time he comes in here, it doesn't make any difference. If he moves here, makes this his address, all his bills are paid forever. And he goes down there and just eats up the storm, eats up the storm, and he starts trying to pay. And they said, no, keep your money. It's paid for. It. It's paid for. It. And they might have to start slapping him around to get him to understand. It. It's paid for. You understand? P-A-I-D, paid. Well, that's the way it is with our sins. We don't, have, after we are saved, they're paid for. So, so now, go, go, go right on over to Romans 4. Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. You say, well, why is this so important? Why are you doing this in this group? I'll tell you exactly why. Because I know Satan, you got the same enemy i got. Satan likes to come over with this, yeah, 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 yeah stuff. Let me tell you something. Do not let that enemy convince you that somehow or another, unless you do this or that or start jumping through hoops. Now, Look, I sincerely believe that it is a responsibility of every Christian to love God, to love His Word, and to be obedient to the extent that we can. But to the extent that we don't does not lessen the fact that we are still loved by God. And He will continue to love us. Now, let's let's go to... uh, Now, we're running out of time, so I want to get over here to Galatians. Go to Galatians here, right quick, before we run out of time. I want you to see some of these scriptures here in Galatians. Go to Galatians chapter 2, Galatians chapter 2, verse 16. Knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by the the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Look at verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And and going on here, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Now, now, these chapters were put in here by the interpreters. This is all one letter that God had Paul write to the church at Galatia. Look at these next verses because it's just like he's saying, look, I, I just got to know something here. Are, are, are you so foolish? Do you really believe that you are saved by the Spirit and then somehow or another your old corrupt flesh is going to keep you safe? Here it is right here in God's Word. That exact words, not exactly like that. Let me just read it though. O foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you should not obey the true, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? This only would I learn of you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Do you actually think you're going to begin in the spirit? That's kind of like what he's saying. But, but now are you made perfect by the flesh? Did you see what that says? Did you actually think you're going to be made better by the flesh? After you're saved? You see, that's what they were trying. That's where old Satan was trying to get his, his works doctrine in through the back door there. And God come over and slammed it shut. said, no, I don't think so, Hoss." You don't get better by the flesh. The flesh is the enemy. What's before you're saved, and it is after you're saved. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, or are you now perfect by the flesh? Look at Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. <clears throat> But when the fullness of time comes, come, God sent forth his Son made of one and made under the law to redeem them that under the law that we might receive the adoptions of sons. And, I, and Now, let's skip on down to verse 8. How, I'm running out of time, so I'm skipping some. Forgive me, please. How be it then, when you knew not God, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. In other words, no telling what you was doing out here before you were saved. Right? But now, but now, I think that's a conjunction. I'm not sure. It's been a long time since I've been in English class. But now, after that you have known God, or rather known of God, and look what he's saying here. Because, see, this is all about these folks that want to come in here and drag in the works of the flesh either to stay saved or to keep you saved or some kind like that and god's word clearly puts that down because he says how turn you again to weak and beggarly elements where until you desire again to be in bondage you observe days months times and years oh i got to get down here I, I i gotta go to communion i i, I gotta i gotta do this i got to do that no you don't if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you don't have to jump through not one stinking hoop. Why in the world are you trying to drag in all these weak and beggarly elements? See, isn't, see, isn't God's Word wonderful? All you got to do is just go over and read it. It puts all that nonsense down. It does. Okay. Let's go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And putting a wrap on this, what I wanted us to see here tonight that our flesh is not God's heifer. Our flesh is something, it's important that we know. It's important that we know that it is the enemy of God for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh so much so that you cannot do the things that you would. You see, it's important that we know that. It's important that we be mindful of that because, you know, when you know what the problem is, then you can deal with the problem. But if you've got the idea that since you've been saved, that somehow or another, boy, God's not even going to have to spend five seconds with you when he comes to take it. He might have to go over and take an hour and a half on old Brother John, but for you, he'd be just by two seconds. Well, he might have to take an hour and a half on me, but I doubt it. He says in a, in a twinkling of an eye, we're going to be changed. But my friend, it's so vitally important that we understand that we are saved through the blood work of Christ, plus nothing, minus nothing, and that keeps us saved, and that you don't have any sins as far as salvation is concerned. Now, I know, I know there's sinful conduct. I realize that there is. But did you see that scripture about past sins? Well, why don't we go ahead and get that out on the table? Why don't we be afraid of God's word? Look here at Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. Colossians chapter 2, verse 20. Remember we just saw over there about serving days, months, and years, and all that kind of stuff? There's all kinds of religions built around that kind of stuff. Well, there's all kinds of religions built around what we're about to read here too. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, Why, as though living in the world, are you subject to ordinances? Touch not, taste not, handle not, which all are to perish with the using, after the commandments and doctrines of men, which things indeed have a show of wisdom and will worship and humility and neglecting of the flesh. and You know, I mean, my goodness, I've read of people... They're in the Philippines where they they, they, they got this cat-and nine tails, and they, they're walking down the street and they're flogging themselves until their backs in shreds and walking on their knees up to this building they call a church, trying to somehow or another hoping that God's going to let them into heaven because of all everything they've done in the name of Christ. Isn't that awful? That goes on even as we speak here tonight. And right here, touch not, taste not, handle not, observing days, months, and years, all that's put down in God's Word. Don't do that. You don't have to do that. And it's like he says here, he says, I I acknowledge that it's a show of wisdom and will worship and humility neglecting of the body, not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, and not on things of the earth, for you're dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall he also appear with him. Mortify, therefore, your members, for it's upon the earth. And then he goes on to mention all the works of the flesh. See, that's that's what we're supposed to do. Count our flesh as dead. But my friend, I want you to know here tonight, what we're seeing here tonight, don't ever let anybody bring you under the authority of observing days, dates, and months and years or touch not, taste not, do not type salvation. There is no salvation of that type. God does not require us, does not require but one thing, faith. What did we see when we started? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Our faith is counted for righteousness. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That's a person that's saved. Now, It's so vitally important that we know that, that we embrace that, that we hug that, and we hang on to that, and that we're quick to tell a poor, lost soul that's wanting to be saved, my friend, put down your anxiety. Put down your worry. Come to a loving, kind Savior. Just as you are. Just as you are. And you know what? I want us to stand. And Brother David, you come. And Brother Steve. And let's have a word of invitation. And if you're here tonight, and if you've been struggling, thinking that you've got to jump through a bunch of hoops to be saved, please know this, that's, that, you don't have to do that. You have a savior that'll accept you just as you are right now, forever. Pre.